Apocalypse Rock. Chapter 10 Postmorbid The doorbell chimed as Doug walked into Brandy's Café, enveloping him in the hope-filled smell of coffee. It was the lull between the early morning crowd and the lunch rush, so the café was empty. As the door closed behind Doug, the café sound system played out the searching, pensive calls of a whale song. A placid synthesizer instrumental began underneath the singing sea mammal, as if in duet. It was Brandy's favorite lull-time music. Hey, Brandy, Doug called out. Hey, hun, came a shout from the kitchen. Brandy Moffat was busy preparing a stack of sandwiches. You after a caffeine injection? Caffeine won't help what I got, Doug quipped, making Brandy laugh. Okay if I put up some new posters, Doug asked. Go right ahead, Mr. Busy. Doug pinned up a slightly crumpled, bright yellow, no-job-too-small poster among the other ads, business cards, and offers on the cafe notice board. I have a kind of weird question, Doug called back to Brandy. Did a woman come in here about a half hour ago? Blonde hair, pulled back in a ponytail, very good posture, bright yellow rain jacket. Would have been after some coffee beans. Sound familiar? Nope, sorry, hun. Brandy blew back her fringe. No one like that, unless I fell asleep on my feet. Pretty sure I didn't, though. Brandy laughed as she chopped another sandwich in half. I could have sworn she came in here. Brandy stopped slicing, turned to Doug and lifted an eyebrow. What's she done to you, Dougie? Nothing. Just someone I gave her eye to. Oh-ho! I'll let you know if I see them. Any special message to pass on? Kinda. I found something on the beach this morning. A small glass cylinder with carvings on it. But I can't find it now. She might have taken it by accident. Okay, I'll ask if I see her. The doorbell chimed, and Bear Stanley George barreled in. Hey, babe. Brandy came out from behind the counter and gave Bear's round, smoothly shaved cheek a peck. Pinned on his jacket lapel was a large white badge with a QR code on it and text reading, Taxes taxing? Talk to me. I'm a registered accountant. Exactly the people I wanted to see, Bear said, holding his phone up. On Bear's screen was a picture of a brightly colored Nike running shoe. It was sitting in wet sand and seaweed. It was a small size, maybe for a child. Despite the water damage and some wear and tear, the colors were still vibrant. The contents inside the mouth of the shoe had been pixelated. Below the image was written, Update. New foot found. They found another foot on Bainbridge, said Bear, and the trolls are out already. Super freaky ones. That's such a small shoe, said Brandy. I heard about it on the news earlier, replied Doug. I haven't looked at anything online yet. Well, here you go, continued Bear, scrolling down the page. Posted September 19th, 2.57 a.m. PST, was pinned under the photo. The author, Bad Sleep in the Salish Sea, wrote, New foot found washed ashore, this time on Mergen Cove, Bainbridge Island. The foot's still inside, really well preserved, so there's a good chance to get DNA from it. Lots of wear and tear, and it looks like a recent Nike model made somewhere in Malaysia. 
the police will try and find some factory batch number and trace it like that. This is the 29th foot recorded washing ashore since 2007. It looks like a child size. We'll post the police reports as and when they are released. Under the post was a link. 257 comments. Click to see. The friends looked down at the picture of the little shoe resting on a mud flat. This gets me down, said Brandy. I know it's supposedly only accidents or suicide, but people get some kind of sick thrill from this stuff. I mean, someone actually died here. And it's probably a kid. Bear and Doug nodded in agreement, then returned their gaze to the image. Bear tapped on the comment section. There were hundreds of posts, mostly people expressing shock or morbid curiosity. He scrolled down and stopped at one particular comment. This one's been commenting on everything about the detached feet, explained Bear. And it's always something nonsensical, like this. Bear pointed at a comment posted by at Porky underscore Sizzle and read it aloud in a mock sinister tone. In the obscured sky a moon does float, newly a wishing moon, a sliver of ancient rock, a goddess a wink they regret. Doug felt a chill run across his skin as the dream he had earlier that morning returned to him. An actor should they witness the indiscriminate killing of wild dolphin populations, however that is a myth, according to Baum, never a witch of class, the practice of fee-ching. Bear ran out of breath. That's some purple prose spam right there. Reminds me of the early 2000s. Doug reached out to bring Bear's phone closer. Man, what happened? Bear pulled his phone out of reach, frowning at Doug's poorly bandaged hand. Only looks nasty. Doug just wanted to see the post. Ramsey's giving me a little bite this morning. That's funny. Bear lowered his phone away from Doug. He's always been a gentle giant. Bark's worse than his bite, Doug continued impatiently. He ran away this morning. I saw him out near Collier's Bend, but he bit me and ran off. Honey, you gotta get that looked at, right? Brandy said. Yep, yep, I will. Doug turned back to Bear's phone, his thoughts focused on the uncannily familiar post. Who's the person writing that stuff? I don't know, really. This porky yahoo posts tons of weird-ass stuff like this, just garbled and weird shit, but only on these detached feet stories, from what I've seen. Doug read out a response to at Porky Sizzle's comment. It was by someone calling themselves the Beachcomber. Enough of your cryptic mumbo-jumbo spells. My patrons will not stand for this. You colonize the dream of others, but we will fight you to the end. Those of you who are not following this topic can catch up on my campaigning content playlist here. Who's the beachcomber? Doug asked. Yeah, she's pretty special too. She's usually just posting links to her own content on YouTube, Bear explained. Mostly true crime, unsolved mysteries, stuff like that. Gets into conspiracy theory crapola sometimes, but not too much. I'd say she's got what you might call a unique voice, if you get what I mean. I've seen her videos, said Brandy. She's a friggin' robot. The bell on the door chimed, and a gaggle of local kids on lunch break from school charged into the cafe. Brandy went behind the counter. See you at town hall tonight, Bear asked. Uh, yeah, sure. Doug drifted a bit. 
Got the girls later, but I should be able to make it. He trailed off, his eyes staring into the screen at Bear's phone. Tug, you okay? Bear asked. You look pretty shaky. Yeah, I'm okay. Tug blinked and straightened up. Just a funny morning. As the group of kids shouted and chatted among themselves, and Brandy served up sandwiches and snacks, Doug told Bear about the strange cylinder he had found on the beach that morning, the app it had put on his phone, and the cylinder's subsequent disappearance. It was pretty interesting, Bear said, once Doug had finished his story. Gotta say, it sounds like something this beachcomber character would definitely cover. We should message her. Isn't that like inviting the crazies into your house? Doug replied. Enough of those over here as it is. They laughed. Apocalypse Rock is written by me, Nate Budzinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. Thanks for listening.